ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, thanks for joining me again on the No Higher Calling podcast. Um, Before we get too much into today's content, I want to just give a little disclosure here. I did this in the last episode as well. These two episodes are kind of connected um, in that this episode is going to have sensitive material on it. Um, So if you are listening to this audibly and little ears are around, you may want to save this for a time where you can pop in your earbuds or that you are by yourself so that you do not have your children listening to this. Um, This is a topic that I think it is so important for parents to be the ones to get to their children first with information. Um, So I would never want to be the one to introduce some of this, even through a platform like this, through trying to speak to you as the mother, as the grandmother. um, I would never want to be the one to introduce this topic to your children in any way. That is the right of the parent. So um, you probably noticed from the title that this is a more sensitive topic, but just wanted to give this caveat at the beginning in case you're listening audibly to use your wisdom and discretion in how and when you should listen to this episode. That said, this episode is so vitally important in today's day and age, and you will see that Uh, hopefully just within minutes of getting into the content of this episode. Um, So it is not one that should be skipped over or taken lightly or one that you might think, well, this will never apply to me and our life because, hey, we're in a Christian home. Um, That could not be further from the truth. This is the day and age that we live in, and this is a reality that we have to face in order to equip our children to keep their hearts, minds, and bodies pure and undefiled from this world and to protect them, to protect um, not only their innocence, not only their childhood, but to protect them um, from people that would try to to seek to, to harm them, to, to have them fall prey to wicked devices. So we are just going to jump into the topic. Today we are talking about parenting in the age of pornography. Um, little recap, connecting this back to the episode that last came out on the podcast, which was giving your kids a biblical view of sex. Some books that I've been reading, some things I've been coming across, more and more have just burdened my heart to address these topics um, with with discretion, with that biblical discernment, um, not in a in a crude way, but in a real way, in a way that um, that really gives an urgency to us as parents to be prepared, to be equipped, to know how to address these topics with our children. So I want to remind you, like I said in the last episode, I am not coming to you as a as an experienced mom that has older children, that has done this, uh, you know, has introduced sex to multiple children, who has, has talked through pornography, who has worked through those things. That's not where I come to you from. I come to you as a mom of, of littles, my oldest being six. We're just on the cusp of these conversations of, of equipping our children, of gently introducing some of these topics in the safety of our home. But I'm coming to you as a mom who has read the statistics, who has seen the data, who has acknowledged the reality 
and who is heartbroken and who feels like God is challenging me, is, is giving me the task of coming to you through this platform that he has given me to address these things, to raise an urgency, to raise an awareness that Satan is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And part of that devouring, people that he is wanting to devour are your children, are the next generation. He is wanting to corrupt them in these areas of sexuality before they even hit puberty. He wants to get them in these, these early foundational formational ages. And we're going to read some, some material and science behind how getting to children with pornography can really just mess up their brain um, for their lifetime. And we've got to safeguard, ladies. We have got to acknowledge the reality of the situation and, and prepare ourselves, equip ourselves so that we can equip our children. When I came to this topic, and I said it in the last episode, talking to our kids about sex, I think I used the illustration of the ostrich. Um, I know it's a taboo topic. I know it's something that isn't often talked about in Christian circles. And I'll be perfectly honest, it's not something that I wanted to address. I tried. I tried with the last episode about introducing sex to kids. I tried again with this op- topic of pornography to have someone that I felt more equipped to come on and to address this topic. Interview after interview, it did not work out uh, for various reasons, and yet God put it on my heart. So here I am, flawed, trying to learn as I go along, as I make my own mistakes, mistakes as I pray through this, trying to share with you what God is teaching me. Um, but but again, I, like I said last time, I don't want to, because it's a kind of squirm-in-your-seat kind of topic, um, because it's not something that is just talked about often in Christian communities and parenting in Christian communities, I don't want to be the ostrich with my head in the sand. Or I was telling my husband, I, I was just sharing with him my passion and my urgency on protecting our children in this way. And I said, I think sometimes we come to the topic of pornography. And... Um, I'll be honest, I don't feel like this was as big of an issue when I was a kid. When I was growing up, it wasn't this thing that was lurking in the shadows waiting to gobble up your children like it is today. And so because of that, because as parents, we tend to think like, oh, this isn't something that is that is coming at our little ones. This isn't something that's coming after our children. We tend to, to take the Smurf approach. Um, now, I, I don't watch the Smurfs and I don't endorse the Smurfs, but I, I know enough of the Smurfs to, to this came to mind when I thought about this topic. Ladies, mothers, grandmothers, ladies who want to be mothers one day, ladies who have an influence on children, we cannot put our hands over our ears when the topic of pornography comes up and stand there and la, 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 pretend like it's not on our doorstep. Pretend like it's not a reality. It is a reality and it is at epidemic proportions. I'm going to share with you some statistics and they are heartbreaking. It has been so difficult for me to prepare this episode, for me to speak on this episode. If you're listening right now, pray for me. Um, if, if the podcast is a blessing to you, pray for me. Pray for me as I prepare. You don't know what's coming down the pike. You don't know what I'm currently studying and praying through and wrestling through. But God does. And if God puts it on your heart to pray for me, please do so. Because, you know, maybe, maybe uh, you don't know that this episode's coming out as I'm recording it. 
but maybe somewhere somebody's praying for me and I need those prayers because all of these topics I, I try to throw my heart into and I try to glean wisdom from the Lord so that I can can teach that and instruct that to you. But, but some of these topics are just extra difficult and this is one of them. One, because like I said, it is just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, but also I, I don't want to cause fear. I don't want to to make us always looking over our shoulder and thinking, you know, um, that we just have to analyze and reanalyze every situation because my kids may become exposed to something or to question, you know, every friendship or every person that we let into our child's lives. I, I don't want to parent out of fear, but I want to parent out of a place that has acknowledged the wickedness of the culture and who is prepared my own heart, my own mind, with God's word, with God's order, that understands, that is, that has acknowledged Satan's lies, and who is seeking to use that drip method to bit by bit by bit, little here, little there, little here, little there, building, building, every time to equip my children to face these issues. Because like I said, the reality is they're gonna face them whether we want them to or not. Like I said last time, it's not a question of if our children are going to be exposed to pornography, but when. But also ladies, remember, as you're instructing your children, you're also raising the parents of your grandchildren one day. Look at the tide that has turned in the past two or three decades from when I was a child to where I'm parenting now. I can't even begin to fathom what my children are going to have to face, but I hope that in my desire to biblically equip them, they will be at a better place to biblically equip their children because culture changes, um, the sins of the day change, and unfortunately they tend to change in a downward spiral because the heart of man only continues to get more devious, and we see that in pornography. Um, it is just getting darker and, and deeper into um, just twisted sin. Um, but, but God's word never changes. The principles, the truths from God's word, how we combat these from God's word never changes. So if I can teach that to my children, I will equip them with what they will need to help the next generation. So that's just a little introduction into this topic, into just all of this. Um, and, and just hopefully that gives you a glimpse into my heart as I speak on these issues of, of the, um, what I have put into preparing them for you, that I hope to be a help, that I hope to be a blessing, that I hope that through these last two episodes, um, that God will just raise up mothers and grandmothers and even fathers, as I, I hope you share this with your husband, whether he listens to the episodes or you share with him things that you're gleaning from them. I hope to help encourage in, in any little water droplet in the ocean that I can to help parents to be better equipped to, to tackle these conversations, to tackle these things so that we can help the future generations that are coming along. So jumping into this parenting in the age of pornography, again, it is not an if, it is a when. Ladies, this is our world. This is after our children. And, and we need to be ready to, to, to help our kids to navigate through this, Lord willing, before the exposure. But, but after the exposure, if needed, to know what to do and how to do it. And to remember that God can restore what the locust has eaten. God can bring beauty from ashes. God can redeem. And, and some of that will be shared at the end. Um, 
But just in jumping into this, I, I'm going to start sharing some really staggering statistics, but hopefully to give you a glimpse. If you're maybe one of those that are thinking like, oh, this isn't talked about much, or well, I'm, you know, we're a homeschool family, or we're in a Christian church, or we're a Christian home, this isn't going to come knocking on my door. I want to share with you some things that are just the facts, the data, the research that has been done to show you the relevancy of this topic. Then we're going to trans transition into a little bit of how do we approach this topic with our, with our children because I understand there's a delicate balance here. I don't want to introduce what pornography is to my six and my four-year-old, but I also would not want them to see something and be caught off guard, to be caught unaware. So how do we meet in that middle? Where do we find that balance? And then I want to share with you again at the end, what can we do? In light of all of the statistics, in light of all of this information, what can we do? Um, and, and this will be a several kind of level thing based on where your child is at. If your child has no idea, um, if your child has maybe seen something, or maybe you're trying to help a child that that has been caught up in this, and how, how can you best help them from God's word? So um, let's just jump into this. Um, let me pray really quick before we get into this. God, please be with me. Guide my words. Guide my heart. May everything that I share be exactly what you want sh shared, Lord. I pray that um, through this you will raise an awareness of mama bears, that we will just um, fight for the purity of our children, that we will do our part to be the gatekeepers of our homes, and that you will use this episode um, to help us to be better equipped to do that and to help our children, other children that we influence, and, and future generations, God. Please just, just help me to get across what is in my heart, what you have put in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm going to jump in with some statistics here. So just listen in and, and think and remember that every number here represents a person, represents a life. And, and these are lives that are not only viewing the pornography, the, the lives that are participating in this, but 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 think too about, you know, okay, if 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 there's a child that has seen a pornographic picture or a pornographic video, that means that there were people that were involved in the creation of the pornographic picture, of the pornographic video. And you know that what breaks my heart? We tend to get so upset about this industry and about how it is preying on our children and rightfully so, rightfully so, rise up and be righteously angry. But also how heartbreaking is it that there are people that grow up and, and I mean, there's there's even movements in the States to try to legalize um, prostitution. I mean, things like this. There are people that are growing up so twisted to think that they can market their bodies, that they can sell their bodies and that's okay. That it's just another job like being a secretary or being a teacher being involved in these things. And, and it is heartbreaking to me, but we need to remember as we get so righteously angry that we need to pray for the people that are in bondage to this sin. I, I mean, there could be so many reasons why someone ends up in this line of work, but, but we need to pray and think all of these people that are involved in this were once little children. Or once little children that should have been protected, that should have been, uh, had their hearts and their minds guarded, but they weren't. And we need to pray for that. We need to pray that the tide will turn in our generation and that parents will be more 
conscious of protecting our children, of protecting other children, of, of reaching out um, through through the church, into your community, into your, uh, through your Sunday school, through your bus ministries, reaching into the homes of children that may not have the privilege of growing up in a Christian home because children become adults. And, and we see adults that are involved in these things but remember, they were once children. We need to pray, and we need to do all that we can to make the impact to turn our t- turn the tide in our own home and in our communities. But here's some statistics that I found. Okay, so, um, and, and let me just say, a lot of these statistics come, I referenced last time, the birds and the bees. I'll share all that again in the show notes. Um, uh, the birds and the bees website and course and things, uh, statistics that they researched, they had compiled. And then also from the mama bear apologetics book by, uh, Hillary Farrar and Amy Davison wrote some in here, the mama bear apologetics, their guide to sexuality. That's their newer book. So the statistics come from those two resources. First one, it says in 2019, the largest porn conglomerate reported 42 billion visits. One year, 42 billion visits. And that's saying, you know, think about it. our population is what? Is six, maybe seven billion? Okay, so that's the, the population of the earth. In one year, there were 42 billion visits. That was doubled from two years prior. So from 2017 to 2019, it was doubled. So 21 billion became 42 billion in two years. Get this. It says there is enough new content daily on this porn website to watch porn 24-7 for 165 years. And that is one porn site. There are 26 million other known porn sites. Every second, 28,258 people view porn online. The largest group of internet porn consumers are children between the ages of 12 and 17. The average age of exposure to pornography um, on the low end would be eight. Some statistics, some reports say eight. On the high end, it is 11, is the average age that um, somebody first sees porn. Eight. Eight is the low end. Even, even 11 at the high end. 11? That's often before puberty for many of these children, but eight? I mean, my daughter's six. Not that far away from it. I I can't, I just, I can't fathom. Nine out of 10 boys are exposed to pornography between the ages of eight and 18. Nine out of 10. That is 90%, ladies. 90% of boys are exposed to porn between eight and 18. Six out of 10 girls are exposed to pornography between the ages of eight and 18. And let me just pause here. Okay, let me pause here and say, Again, you may think, oh, this is never going to affect my child. And I, Lord willing, it never does. I pray that my children never have to battle this monster. But if 9 out of 10 boys and 6 out of 10 girls are, there's a likelihood that their friends are. That maybe the people that they date one day are. That maybe the spouse that they marry will have, will have been exposed to this. Pray for your children's friends. Pray for, for your child's future spouse. Even today, my kids are 6, 4, two, and not quite yet one. And I pray for their spouses. And beyond praying for their spouses, I pray for their children, their spouse's parents. You know, more than likely, if the Lord tarries his return, 
then some of my children's spouses are currently alive. I don't know where they are. I don't know what their name is. I don't know what their family dynamics are. But somewhere there is a mom and a dad that is raising the husband of my daughters and the wife of my son. And I pray for them. I pray that they will be exposed to hard things like this so that they will have the urgency and the desire to do their utmost best to protect their children. Because you know what? One day those children will enter my family, will capture the hearts of my children, and will raise my grandchildren. And I want to know that I prayed for them. I prayed for this, that God would protect their hearts. Pray for your child, your children's friends. Friends are often a, a means of introduction to this pornography with children. We need to be so, so careful, so vigilant. Another statistic said that, uh, okay, between the ages of 13 and 16, that 18% of boys have sexted nude or semi-nude photos of themselves and 22% of girls. So this is, this is entering into no longer is it just um, a viewing consumer. So the children viewing someone else. This is the children taking a next step into becoming engaged in sexual pictures of themselves, of sending themselves. And this is 13 to 16. I mean, these are like middle school, early high school kids. 18% of boys, 22% of girls. Um, there's another statistic, and I'm going to read a couple statistics here that really blow my mind. Again, in realizing that this was not something that, that my generation dealt so heavily with. And even as a grown adult, I mean, some of these things, I'm having to like look them up because I'm like, what? Or, or things that like I've never been exposed to as a 30-something-year-old that children are being exposing to. Okay, so it says here, that 83% of boys have seen group sex online. 57% of girls have seen group sex online. What? Like, like what? These statistics are staggering. But I mean, that that's what the data is showing. 69% of boys have seen same-sex intercourse online. 55% of girls have seen same-sex intercourse online. And you know, so in this topic of pornography, the more confused our world gets with gender and and all of that and and what is um you know what what are the boundaries between sexual activities the the more devious our acts become our acts meaning acts of culture acts of the world um the more you're going to start having uh it's not just going to be Pornography being sex between a man and a woman. You're going to have group sex. You're going to have same sex. You might even have bestiality. I mean, we start even seeing a rise in in, in child sex on these porn things. And, and this is just heartbreaking. So devastating. But again, this is the reality, ladies. And this is why I'm so passionate. This is why I'm coming to you on a topic that I did not want to address, but I can't get away from. Because if addressing this topic, if all of the hours that I have poured into prayer and research and preparation for this protects a child, then it was worth every single moment. Because our children are worthy of being protected. Another another statistic that I found... It said that gynecological surgeons report girls as young as nine are cont- contacting her for labiaplasties because they are, quote, quote, distressed by the appearance of their vulvas. What? Like, 
Like, those were words that I, I was, I mean, I, I know what they mean because I'm a 30-year-old woman, but those are big words, like words that are, are not commonplace even in my vernacular. But a nine-year-old, nine-year-old girls, where are they getting the idea that the shape of their private parts, that the that the body that God has so perfectly and loving created for, lovingly created for them is not enough, it is is misshapen or not beautiful or attractive enough that at nine years old, doctors, surgeons are getting calls from girls asking for these plastic surgeries. Like, th- that's the trickle-down effect of what what's this issue is doing to our children. What it is doing to our children Something else that I was I was reading recently and actually chatting with a with a sweet missionary friend on Instagram about is one of the leading ways that toddlers are getting introduced to pornography is YouTube. And I'm guilty as charged. I have turned on YouTube before and thought that it was a kid safe show and left my kids to watch it. Now, as far as I am aware, nothing has ever come up that was not a kid safe show. Um, I mean, there have definitely come up with things that weren't our ideologies or things that we did turn off. But I've, to my knowledge, I've never had anything um, pornographic come up. But when I was chatting with her, um, she was sharing the testimony of of seeing a what looked like a kid's show I mean just kid things you know you've got Spider-Man you've got Elsa you've got Barbies you've got all these things and how wicked people are how they will start things off um to make parents think that oh it's just a safe kids show and the next thing you know Spider-Man's having sex with somebody or maybe not all the way but maybe uh doing uh, sexual body movements or um you know gestures or things like this and the reality I, I was so glad that she brought that back to my attention because the reality of the situation came back to my mind the reminder that we have got to be so careful we have got to be gatekeepers we have got to guard our children's hearts and minds because it's everywhere it's everywhere it's even in places that we might think are safe so we need to introduce to them so they're coming out of some of those statistics how do we talk to our kids about this how do we equip them for this without robbing their innocence And I think one of the main areas is being very careful with screens. And, okay, when talking to your kids about this, you might say, hey, I don't really want them to know the word pornography. Um, I'm, I'm there with my kids. My kids are little. I don't want them to know the heaviness of this topic yet. That is, there's a level of this that I want to carry for them until they are ready, until they're old and older, until they, um, until they they need that information but also like i said i'm finding that delicate balance of i how how do i teach them what do i say what's too much what's not enough how do i navigate this in a very delicate way and i really think with this one you don't even have to use the word porn you don't even have to use the word pornography this isn't a serious sit down family meeting or one-on-one of let's have 101 this is what pornography is and it was the same thing with the the topic of giving your kids a biblical view of sex we're not going to sit down and have the talk um i i am trying to challenge and champion um, a different method that i believe is a much better method this is a drip method this is building upon the conversations of starting at the foundation level of building on this 
I'm going to share some resources again in, in just a few minutes here about um, how you can do this. But okay, let's talk about screens. So you don't want to go up to your six-year-old and say, you know, hey, I just want to let you know as you're watching YouTube kids, you might see porn on there and you need to be careful. That's whoa, what? Out of the blue. Too much. But you can definitely teach them that there is a danger with screens, that we have to be very careful with screens. Um, you can teach, we teach them to be careful all the time. Hey, don't run at the pool. You could slip and fall. Um, be careful when crossing the street. You need to look both ways. Our children are not, um, they, they're accustomed to the idea of we need to be careful because, you know, the danger can ensue if we get out of a safe boundary. It's great to cross the street. We have to cross the street to get to our community park. We like to cross the street because we know we're headed to the community park. But that doesn't mean that we can just, you know, full throttle run across the street as fast as we can to get the community park. There's boundaries that keep us safe. We have to stop and think. Look both ways. Is there a car coming? If there's a car coming, danger. Stay back. Wait. If there's not a car coming, it is safe to move forward. So even in a situation like that, you can lay these foundational conversations with, with your kids, letting them know, hey, there's danger outside of boundaries. We have boundaries to keep us safe. The stove. The stove is wonderful. I'm glad it gets hot. I'm glad I can cook food. But there's a boundary here. We have to be careful. Hands should not be on the stove. Um, lay those foundational things so that when you're transitioning into screens, you can just say with your kids, hey, we see a lot of good things on screens. We might enjoy watching a family movie. We might be watching a YouTube video about a butterfly that we just learned about. But we also need to realize that there can be dangerous things on screens. There can be things that are not Christ-honoring, honor that, that would be not good for us to see. And if we ever see something that is not good or maybe that we're not even sure about, let's look away and, and turn that off. Or if mommy's not with you, get mommy. You can lay those, lay those foundations. So I want to jump in here with a resource um, that we have gotten as a family that has been so helpful, and that is Good Pictures, Bad Pictures by Kristen Jensen. Um, this is this is like one of the books for young children in this uh, this category of pornography. So you may have heard it before. If you do not have these books, I would highly suggest them. They are a such a helpful tool and resource to equip our children. There's two. There's Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior, um, which I think they say is for like three to six or seven, I believe. Um, and then there's the the regular Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, which I believe is seven plus. Um, we first got the Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior, just because that's the age of our kids. And I think one time in the book, it has the word pornography, but they have like little parent bubbles on each page. And the word pornography is in that parent bubble. So you don't even, we have never even read that part to our kids. Um, but the whole book is talking to our kids about how there's good pictures. Good pictures might be pictures of your family, pictures of a butterfly, pictures of an ocean scene. Good pictures that, that we love to look at, that bring us joy, that are beautiful. But there are also bad pictures, um, things that we shouldn't look at. And it talks about a picture that would be a bad picture is if you would see somebody um, where their private parts are showing and they they introduce it as a part that would be covered by a swimsuit. Those are bad pictures and bad pictures are like picture poison. They actually poison your mind. You wouldn't want to put poison in your body. Well, if we see a bad picture, it's like putting poison in our mind and that is not good for a mind. Um, 
And then it kind of transitions into, you know, you, where, where do we see pictures? We might see them in a book. We might see them on a screen. We might see them in a billboard. Well, everywhere that you would see a good picture would be a place that you could potentially see a bad picture. Seeing a bad picture doesn't make you a bad kid. But if you see a bad picture, how do you need to do that? How do you need to handle that situation? And they have a three-step thing, which is turn, run, and tell. Immediately, turn away. Turn away from that picture. You need to run to a trusted adult. Hopefully, um, the parent is in the vicinity. But if it's not a parent, and, and we've talked with our kids, if mommy and daddy aren't around, um, you know these might be different scenarios that you would be in that mom and dad wouldn't be around. For example, you go to Sunday school at church, and you know you're with Mr. and Mrs. So and So. That would be your trusted authority in that situation. Or maybe if your child goes to school, you know your teacher would be your trusted authority, helping them to think through. Who is my go-to person in the the everyday um, circumstances of my life? So turn, run to that trusted adult, and tell them I saw a bad picture. Um, I I you know I. I acknowledging that, addressing that. Um, and that was a great way to introduce this topic to my children. I felt like at a wonderful, balanced place because they now know that there are pictures out there of people that have their private parts exposed. And we don't want to look at those. Those are picture poison. But they also have that three-step process. They know if, they're, if they encounter it, turn, run, and tell. My daughter actually did this with me just the other day. She came to me and she said, hey, mommy, I saw a bad picture. And I was like, well, where was it? And she's like, well, you know, on our drive to church, there's a billboard and the billboard is for a water park. So on the water park, um, there on the water park sign, there's a, a lady and a man. The lady's in like a one piece swimsuit and the man is in swim trunks with no shirt. So she tells me, um, I saw a bad picture. It was on the billboard on our way to church. You know, that man, um, he didn't have a shirt on. So we talked about that a little bit. Now I, I understand that's different for different people. Um, you know, Personally, I'd prefer that the man had a shirt on, um, but I'm not going to go into all of that. But anyway, I, I talked through that with her. You know, sometimes men don't wear their shirts when they're swimming. Um, that That is a little bit different from like, you know, showing the male private part. Um, but that I was so proud of her for coming to me and voicing that she saw that, that in a safe place that her, her and I were able to talk through that. And I was able to help her to, to navigate that instead of that weighing on her little heart. Um, so anyways, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior has been so helpful in our home. Highly recommend that resource for introducing this topic. Um, good Pictures, Bad Pictures, the, the regular one, we have yet to read this to our children. I read through it, um, and it is, again, it is a helpful helpful resource, but I felt like it, my children are not ready for that yet. Even my oldest, she's six and I believe it says either six and up, uh, seven and up, I believe is what it says. Seven and up for this one. She's not quite ready for that. Um, it definitely talks more, uh, uses the word pornography, talks a little bit heavier into it. Um, but it is really good. It goes into some of the science and I'm going to talk about this in a little bit behind the difference between your thinking brain and your feeling brain, um, what pornography actually does to your mind and why one, we want to avoid this because of what God's word says, because of the purity of our minds and our hearts and our thought life. But also on a scientific level, just scientifically, there are so many reasons to avoid 
being exposed to pornography. Um, but anyway, that, that's another good resource. We just aren't quite there yet in our family, so I'm not going to delve into that one too much. But if your children are seven and above, highly recommend that resource. And let me just tell you, if you feel like this is a really awkward conversation, how do I do this? I gave some tips in the last episode about having some of you feels to us awkward sex conversations to try to take that awkwardness out of it to be your child's go-to person. Um, but with this, with pornography... Having a book resource like that can help you discuss some of this because you can just read it um, instead of just, you know, approaching your kid. And and then it lends to conversations that you can then have with your children. Even in the the, um, older version of the good pictures, bad pictures, it kind of has like some little thought questions and things to work through. So that is very helpful. Um, But when, when it comes to porn... Birds and the Bees said this. What do we need to remember when introducing this to your kids? We need to do it early and often, frequent and frank. We've got to introduce this earlier than we want to accept. Um, and and I, I suggest a, a gentle approach. That's what we've chosen with our home. We just haven't come out and called it what it is. Our kids are little. We're trying to protect that innocence. But yet we also realize this needs to be addressed. This needs to be talked about. Um, and then these conversations come up. We read that book from time to time. I make sure that they're refreshed on the turn, run, tell. What do we do if we see a bad picture? We even review that every now and then as the Lord brings it to my mind. Um, but just to be very frank about things, so I mentioned a little bit about the the scientific reason of avoiding pornography. And I want to read you a couple things that was just so staggering to me as I read about how pornography literally rewires the brain. Um, and we, I, I would think that as hopefully Christian women, we know that this is complete opposite from God's order, from God's design, from what he's intended. This is a counterfeit that Satan has given, that Satan has perverted. In the Mama Bear Apologetics book, um, they say porn is basically a cheap counterfeit for the beauty of God's design for sexuality. It uses our God-given sexuality, lures us from away from the beauty and goodness of God's design for sex, and exchanges wholeness for brokenness. Uh, and that really was what I was challenging you in the last episode of giving your kids a biblical view of sex, is letting them see sex as beautiful, as wholesome, as a good design from our great and loving God. Um, but Satan always has his counterfeit, and it looks dazzling on the surface. And like we said, sin has pleasure for a season. But you're exchanging God's whole design for Satan's broken, flawed counterfeit. And we don't want to do that. In Jeremiah 6.15, it says, Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. We are living in a generation where they're not ashamed when they've committed abominations. They were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. We've lived, we, we're living in a generation that has lost its blush. And I mean, we see that in, in children that are 13 years old sending, sexting each other. We're living in a generation that has lost its blush. And from a biblical stance, we know that this is wrong, that we have got to guard ourselves, <laughs> ourselves, ladies. First, we've got to guard ourselves. We've got to pray that God guards our marriages, that God protects the minds of of us as wives and of our husbands. But we've got to guard our homes and the hearts and minds of our children as best we can. Um, But beyond biblical reasons, um, let me share with you some some scientific reasons. And, And the amazing thing about science to me is science is biblical as well. Because all these things about the brain and how pornography affects the brain 
it, it links back to God because God designed the brain. God designed the brain the way that he did. He designed our brains to react to sex the way that he designed it to. So I, I, I here I said, you know, okay, let's look at some scientific versus biblical. That, that really probably shouldn't have even said it that way because the science is intertwined with the biblical because our God created us and he created us with such a perfect design and in such a perfect way. And when we accept Satan's counterfeit and Satan's lies against God's order and God's way, we're attacking what God created and what God called good. So I'm just going to go through a couple things I had highlighted here in this Mama Bear Apologetics book, talking about the scientific impact that pornography has on a developing brain. So they say, the younger a child is when they are exposed to suggestive images, the earlier their brains can be rewired to seek instant gratification and pleasure. They're also less likely to perceive the dangers and consequences of what they're viewing because the good judgment portion of the brain doesn't fully develop until adulthood. The adult entertainment industry is grooming our kids to be sensual consumers instead of sensible ones. So we're going to talk a minute about this, this thinking, feeling brain the different parts of the brain that God has created. But when our kids are little, um, they're very much more in tune with their feeling brain. If you have toddlers, you know what I mean. They can't rationally think through things. They work on feelings. But when they're children, they're learning. The good judgment portion of their brain isn't developed. So introducing porn this early, they're learning this this instant gratification, instant pleasure, um, versus using that thinking brain of, whoa, picture poison, I need to check myself. That's why it's so important that we equip them with this knowledge, with this understanding, because the thinking part of their brain hasn't fully developed yet. And one of those things about uh, something, a statistic I forgot to share earlier that I want to share about being a sensual consumer instead of a sensible one. There was a survey of 10 of the most popular children's shows out right now, and sexualization of female characters was present in every episode evaluated. And these were shows for girls. So these weren't even shows for boys. These were shows for girls, and the female characters were sexualized in every episode that was evaluated. Back to some of the things from the Mama Bear Apologetics book. So they talk about how um, basically when when you when you have sex or when you view pornography, that rush of of hormone, that rush that gives you that, um, it, okay, in God's perfect design, the beauty of sex, the the rush of emotions, the flood of, you know, love used really to talk about that intimacy between a husband and wife, that bonding. The bonding um, comes from two different things in our body, which is oxytocin and vasopressin. Um, and, and that dopamine, it's, it leads to that, that pleasure, that enjoyment. Um, but those things are also released when you view pornography, and that's why pornography is so addicting. You literally get a high from viewing it, and um, it, that, that high becomes addicting. It, it would be this, uh, the equivalency of like a drug. Your body literally craves it. Your mind literally craves it, and just like with drugs, your body gets to where it needs more and more and new and new and different and different, more and more to achieve a, a little higher than the last high, a little higher a little more. They say our desires, motivations, and attractions become directed to whomever or whatever is around when that burst of oxytocin hits our brains. So they were saying in here, basically that point of orgasm, 
our brains and, and, and our beings become connected to whoever or whatever is around when that hits the brain. And that's why this can be such a, a destroying um, thing because no longer are you bonding with a spouse in the safe, God-ordained confines of marriage. You're, you're bonding with a screen. You're bonding with, with something else that, that God talks about the strange flesh. It's not strange as in like, oh, you're green with purple polka dots. It's strange as in it doesn't belong to you. And when we're talking about children here, we're talking about kids that aren't even of married marrying age. Um, they, they've got to be so protected from this. Um, they go on to say, it's a great design. So we think like, well, why did God do this? Because it's a great design when it's used to enhance the bond between a husband and wife. When these hormones, when the, this rush of chemicals, when these orgasms are within the confines of marriage, it's beautiful. God did this to bond a husband and wife into one flesh, in, into to making that marriage so intimate and beautiful. But again, Satan always corrupts. Satan always has his counterfeit. Satan always takes what God designed as beautiful and twists it. And it says that the human brain becomes wired to actually crave a two-dimensional image over the real thing, over a real person. And then as I was doing some research, it is staggering um, some of the research that is coming in now through counselors, through doctors that are saying that uh, especially men are having so much more difficulty having actual physical sex because their brains have been so exposed to porn. They cannot, um, okay, they cannot uh, get an erection. They cannot orgasm because they have rewired their, their mind to want the screen over a real and living person. And, and that's what Satan's counterfeit does. It, it locks us into a bondage that keeps us from the freedom of enjoying the beauty of God's design. The book says, the fact that our bodies and minds are bonding to someone or something outside of marriage should be concerning, especially when we consider the devastating effects for future relationships. Your body can actually desensitize itself to pleasure. So that's that's what we're seeing in these statistics. This explains why there is a link between porn usage and depression. We are seeing now, statistics are showing, research is showing, data is showing that porn usage brings depression because now, these, like I said, these people are not being able to make real life connections um, in, in marriage. They're struggling. We see so many marriages um, being affected by pornography. And, and okay, so, so seeing that, realizing that, we're, we're talking about some adults here, adult statistics. If this, if pornography is getting to children before their thinking, feeling brain has even fully developed, our children's brains are getting wired before they even hit puberty, before they even get to an age where um, marriage becomes a, a part of their life, where they should uh, be now uh, having sexual relation with their spouse. Their brain has already been confused and jarbled and messed up. And and I think the longer we go, if, if culture tends on the trajectory that it is on, we are only going to see more and more people that have been broken and, and hurt through this, through the porn industry and epidemic proportions. Um, and I talked earlier about how um, with this this porn high, you tend to want more, new. Um, you, you get desensitized to whatever level you're at. You need something greater. And because of that, 
a lot of violence has entered into pornography. Um, something that they said in the Mama Bear Apologetics book, it, it said to remember that what a person orgasms to is what they will crave in a real life partner. So if, if someone is viewing pornography that includes violence, that is going to seep over then into their real life relationship. Um, and, and again, we see the heartbreaking um, effects that this is having on a culture, that this is having on, on adults. But again, if, if the statistics that I read at the beginning are true, then think about how how the the depression and the horrible heartbreaking statistics are that we're seeing now among adults. What's that going to be like in 10 years, in 20 years, when the children that are being so heavily influenced by porn and the porn industry become adults? What are those numbers going to be then? What's the depression going to be then? What's the suicide rate going to be then? Because pornography leads to depression and depression leads to suicidal thoughts. I mean, we, we have an, an, an epidemic on our hands epidemic proportions. We've got we've got to to equip and safeguard our children, but we also have to be prepared to help other people who are being in bondage to this. So so let's wrap this up. What can we do? What can we do? How how can we make an impact? How can we influence our kids? How can we see the tide turn? How can our children not become one of these statistics? And I think the first and most found out foundational thing that we can do is to love our children. Ladies, love your children. Love them with the love of Christ. Let Christ's love in you spill over into them. That, that love of a brother that would lay down his life. Love your children. In studying this, and studying a lot of these porn and these statistics, um, one of the reasons, especially even in young children, why people search, seek out porn is they're, they're desiring to meet a legitimate need yet in an illegitimate way. They have a desire to be loved. Um, in adults, in, in teenage girls I was reading, they desire intimacy. On the top of their list of what do you desire, what do you need, what legitimate needs do you have as a person, as a being, um, desire for intimacy was on the top for girls and women who engage in porn. These, these teenage girls, they want intimacy. They want to be loved. They want to be accepted. And that legitimate need lands them in a place that it is met in an illegitimate way. Um, when we, we've, I found in my research that loneliness, depression, anxiety, all of these are reasons that people get involved in porn. So what can we do on a foundational level to help our kids to protect them from this is love them. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, love your children. If you have influence on children, love them with a Christ-like love. Pour into their lives so that they don't have these feelings, so that they don't feel this need to start seeking out a counterfeit to fill those voids. Then we need to be open yet appropriate in our conversations with our children. And I'm not going to delve into this too much. We've talked about this so much in the last episode and throughout this one. Um, there's a delicate balance, I know. And I don't have the perfect answer for what that is. Like I said, I, we're in the little years. We're trying to figure out how to navigate this. We're praying through that. But you know what I know? I know that in James it says that if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally. Ladies, if you don't know what the balance is, ask God and he will give you the wisdom that you need. 
The next one is to be a gatekeeper. Simeon and I did a whole episode, goodness, <laughs> way, way, way back. I'll try to link this in the show notes. I think it's one of our earlier episodes on being a gatekeeper. And this isn't just in regards to pornography. This is in regards to your home as a whole. Guard the screens. Guard the social media. Guard the YouTube. Guard uh, guard anything. Anything that comes into your the, the eye gates, the ear gates of the people within your home, especially as women. We tend to be the one that cultivates that heart of home, that tends to be the gatekeeper of the home. We need to be very intentional and very aware of the things that Satan is trying to sneak into the cracks, those open doors, um, and, and to guard our home. In the Mom and Pair Apologetics book, it was talking about phones and computers, and it said to to be so so careful with these. And I know there's um, different uh, you know systems and programs and things you can get on to help protect your children, to protect yourself, to protect your spouse uh, with pornography. And I think those all are wise. But it said that phones and computers should never be used in a private area. So somebody should not be in a room with a door shut on a phone or computer. And I don't care if you're the adult or you're the child in the home, but they said it would literally be like having a door connecting your house to a porn theater and refusing to lock it. Lady, ladies, there are millions, millions of these sites everywhere. And and one of the things that I saw, it says children are as likely to see online porn by accident as they are to actively search for it. Let that sink in. They're just as likely to see it by accident as if they are actively searching and typing in the search bar pornographic things that they are looking for. That means we literally, our phones, our computers, it is a porn theater. And if we don't lock that, if we don't be careful, if we don't guard that, if we don't set up safeguards against that, we wouldn't just throw our kids a key to it. We need to be so, so careful, so careful. And then I just want to remind us here that um, we need to prepare our kids for what to do if they encounter pornography. Again, the good pictures, bad pictures are wonderful tools um, for those different age groups, for littles and then older children on what to do. Um, but I want to read you something here from this Mama Bear Apologetics book that I thought was good. It's a little bit lengthy, so bear with me. It says, prepare your kids for what to do if they accidentally see a pornographic image or if a friend tries to show them one. Talk to them about how it rewires the brain to crave things that aren't real. For girls, explain the prevalence of anxiety and depression associated with porn usage. Most girls want to avoid these emotions like the plague. They also need to know that a godly woman's identity is in Christ. She doesn't need to base herself worse on a boy's reaction to a saucy social media post. She's too precious for that. Help her to be countercultural so that she can encourage her friends through her behavior to reject the lies that exploit them. Boys will need an escape plan as well as encouragement to know that they aren't weak or emasculated for choosing not to look at pornographic images when their friends are crowded around a screen. Part of being a godly man is protecting the men and women around them. Walking away from porn is one way to do that. Another is not asking for sexy pics from their girlfriends or sending or posting ones themselves. Those were just a few things there about how, you know, obviously older children how you can help them navigate what to do. And, you know, I really, I thought it was 
interesting that they brought this out. Sad that they even have to, but, but a reality of how boys are often teased by their friends. Made, like, feel like, well, you're not a man if you don't want to look at this. Or, you know, oh, what kind of sissy are you? You don't want to look at these pictures or these videos. But teacher boys, it's not manly to do that. A true man, a truly godly man, is going to value women, is going to see that sex is something beautiful for marriage, that you're not going to treat women as a toy or as, you know, just something that can be played with and tossed aside, um, that women are to be treasured and cherished. Um, teaching girls, your self-worth is not in, you know, how cute or how attractive Billy Bob thinks you are. Your worth is in Christ. You're too precious to be cheapened like that. And um, we need to help them to know these messages, to know what God's word says, to find um, to find their guidance in the Bible, to know what to do, how to handle these situations. And then lastly here, remember that God can restore and redeem the broken. Um, if this is, if you're listening and this is something that you're struggling with in your home, if this is something that your children are struggling with, let me just encourage you. Um, this episode was surface. This was introductory. Um, and this really isn't an episode that is going to delve into helping someone recover from this. You need to seek out um, professional help to to help yourself, to help your spouse, to help your marriage, to help your child, whatever is being affected by this. Go to the right people, find the right sources, get the help that you need. Um, but I do just want to say here to remind you that if your child has seen something and you're like, oh no, these statistics, um, if the fear is creeping in, making you feel like, well, they're just ruined, their brain's been rewired, what can we do to remember that God can restore and redeem the broken? Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Ladies, that was written by a man named Paul who was once a man named Saul. And when he was Saul, his life was wrecked and ruined by bondage to sin. Now, it wasn't pornography, but it was the persecution of people. Um, you know, the literal killing of the people of God. But Paul had a life-changing transformation when he met Christ. And now that he forgets those things which are behind, he's reaching forth into those things that are before. And he is pressing towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Will there be difficulty? If, if this is something that you have been exposed to, if this is something that your child or your husband or someone you love has been exposed to, will, there be di- will, will it be difficult? Yes. Will there be consequences? Yes. Sin brings its consequences. But is it something that you have to live in bondage to? No. God restores. God redeems. There is a future. There is hope. There's the verse, to think on things that are true, honest, just, pure, and lovely, and of a good report. In Corinthians, it says, casting down imaginations and every vain thing that, ex- that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ. Um, if you know someone that, that is struggling with, with the memory of these pornographic images, um, remind them, you, you can, with Christ's power, you can cast down those imaginations and you can choose to think on things that are true and honest, just, pure, and lovely. That reminded me of something really quick that I wanted to throw in here. One thing that I did not 
appreciate in the Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior book is at the end. It is, it's kind of talking through this point here. And it has a little kid that says, you have the power um, basically to guard yourself, to safeguard yourself, to, to make the change if you've been exposed to this. Um, we do not read that phrase when we read this book to our children because we have the power? No. Um, if I'm in my own power, what does God's word say about me as a person, about my heart, about my flesh? It says that I am desperately wicked. My heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? I don't have the power, but in Christ, through the Holy Spirit, that is how we have the power. So we rephrase that a little bit with our children. I just wanted to throw that in here. Um, you know, and when we talk about this thinking, feeling brain, these are two different parts of the brain. The feeling brain is those emotions. God created those. Those are important. And like we said at the beginning, when you are married and with your, when you're with your spouse and when you are embracing intimacy in God's perfect design and God's perfect order, I am so thankful for the feeling brain. I love my husband. And you know what? I love intimacy with my husband. We're supposed to. It's beautiful. It's God-ordained. The feeling should should not be ruling us. We have the thinking brain. The feeling brain should be protected by the thinking brain. That thinking brain that says, do I enjoy sex? I'm a human being. Yes. But my thinking brain says that God's order is to enjoy that within the boundary of marriage. My thinking brain protects my feeling brain and keeps my feeling brain in subjection to the knowledge of Christ, to his order, to his design. And it literally not only protects my feeling brain, but it protects me as a human being, as a person. We have to teach our children that. We have to teach them to engage that thinking brain and to use the thinking brain to protect the feeling brain. My two-year-old would love nothing more than to have ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and every snack in between. That is her feeling brain. She would, it uses the illustration in the Good Pictures, Bad Pictures book, um, the older one. It talks more about this thinking feeling. It uses the illustration. If, if she hears the ice cream truck, she's just going to race across the street without looking both ways to get to the ice cream truck because she is a sweet tooth. She loves ice cream. Is ice cream delicious? Yes. Do I mind if she has it? Well, not for every meal of the day, but for a special treat? Not at all. I want her to enjoy it. But I also know that she can't have it for every meal of the day. We've got to use that thinking brain. We've got to know that ice cream is not going to keep me healthy and strong. But I also know that, hey, there's danger when crossing the street without looking both ways. Feeling brain wants to go to the ice cream truck. Engage thinking brain. I need to look both ways before I cross the street. I need to get mommy to go with me before I cross the street. We have to train our children in that. We have to help them to, to wrap that feeling brain in their thinking brain. And that's a process that comes with maturity. We all had to work through that process. But as the adults who, Lord willing, have engaged our thinking brain and who hopefully are immersing our minds in scripture so that the thinking brain is in control of the feeling brain so that we are casting down the imaginations that rise up in the feeling brain that are in not accordance with God's order and wrapping them in the thinking brain of the true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and good report. We have the ability with the power of the Holy Spirit to help our children and to parent in the age of pornography. God, I pray that this episode accomplished what you desired for it too. I feel like my my speech and and I just I feel like it could have been so much more but you chose me and used me in spite of me and I pray that something that I said will help listeners um will help these women to be 
um, the, the, the warrior mamas, to be these mama bears, to protect the hearts of our children, to teach them God's way, God's design, God's order, to warn them of, of Satan's desire to destroy and to kill and to present these counterfeit lies, that we will help our children to learn how to, to love your word, to wash their hearts and their minds in your word, that we will do that by modeling that for them. And that we will teach them how to cast down things that, that are evil imaginations, that aren't in accordance, that seek to usurp your spot on the throne of our hearts and to think on things that are that are true, honest, just, pure, and lovely and of a good report, Lord. Wash our minds with your word, renew us, transform us, and help us to equip the next generation to stand strong for you, to fight this battle um, in their generation and in the generations to come. In Christ's name I pray, amen. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.